Hello, today's letter is V and our word for today is virtual schools. And I'm all, I'm just as intrigued as our SIP listeners um, when I research these topics. I learn things, I find new sources, and I share it. Our SIP listeners are those who just want 10 minutes a day to learn new words and new insight and something maybe just to pique your curiosity and or to inspire you to dive into it deeper. So let's get into our SIP for today. As I mentioned, it's a, our topic is virtual schools. But the interesting thing is, you know, virtual by itself is a hot topic across STEM and STEAM and technology because there's so many things now that can go virtual. Even reality is virtual anymore. We have our topic today, virtual schools. I attend virtual meetings all the time. We talk about virtual solutions, virtual software solutions. So that word is being um, used in many forms. And so now let's look at how it's applied to virtual schools. So to begin with, you know, virtual schools. Now, the ones that the article that I pulled up, and like I said, I always like to cite my source. You can visit www.k12.com. So it's k12.com. And this one talks about facts about public virtual schools. So I want to put that caveat, public virtual schools. So even the school systems are endorsing some forms of virtual schools. And I dare say, especially to our community, that I know personally of some success stories where schools are using alternative ways of reaching young people. You've heard me talk about, if you're a regular follower, that there's different types of learners. So, using a combination of doing some schoolwork at home and and then marrying that with some of the socializing aspects of school, it's helped some young people. Or using a curriculum where they just focus on one subject at a time. So, we, a lot of us, you know, who were in school, you know, 30, 40 years ago, we know the way we got through school. Some of us made it, some of us struggled quite a bit, and some of us got left behind. But the openness to the varieties of ways to still teach students and make sure that they get it, but get it in the way they need it, I think that that's important. And technology, as well as the whole digital era here, has made that possible. So teachers can remotely monitor and stay connected with students and help them along. So let's put that all together and see what this virtual public school is like. So public virtual schools, they are part of the public school system. They are not private schools. Although public virtual schools may contract with private vendors to receive curriculum and management services, public virtual schools are governed by public entities such as your public school district or independent or nonprofit charter school board or school education agency, which makes them different from just homeschooling. 
Public virtual schools are not home schools, nor are the students who attend virtual schools considered homeschooled. In fact, there are many differences between public virtual schools versus a homeschool program. Students who attend a public virtual school receive the same degree as the students who attend a physical building. Some other differences. First of all, public virtual schools have state certified public school teachers. They have state assessment tests. They have attendance policies and academic progress requirements. They require a school office for a staff. They have an established curriculum determined by the school that students must follow. So therefore families can't pick and choose or eliminate subjects. There are required school grades, transcripts, report cards, and parent conferences. It requires strong school administrators, so a principal, assistant principal, special education director, IT. There are subject to an academic and physical accountability requirements, and they must strictly adhere to school policies and procedures by way of discipline and due process. So, What's the role of a virtual school teacher? Each student is assigned to a state-certified public school teacher in a public virtual school. Teachers work remotely and are responsible for overseeing and managing students' learning progress. Teachers must provide instructions, guidance, support, track student attendance and academic progress, evaluate student work, develop a strong partnership with parents or responsible adults, Work in consultation with parents to recommend remedial or enrichment programs and make placement and promotion decisions. Communicate regularly with the student via phone, email, and face-to-face meetings, including academic workshops. Organize social and academic outings. Promote school community. And participate in regular training and professional development. So, for one thing... It's not on the parents. The parents aren't playing the role of the teacher. You have someone that is certified, has been educated, knows the tools and about learning styles, and is there to be fully accessible to the student and the parent and adhere to rules. It's just that they're doing it remotely for the most part. But as you heard, there are activities to make sure that the students socialize. And I'll talk more about that. But next I also want to talk about what is the parent's role in the public virtual school. So all educators agree that strong parental involvement is extremely important to a child's academic success. In public virtual schools, parents are active participants in their students' education, working in close partnership with teachers. Parents must work closely with their children, guiding them, through daily lessons, actively participate in the child's daily learning, record students' academic progress, communicate with the teacher on a regular basis to assess child's learning academic achievement, and become actively involved in parent groups, workshops, school functions, and events for parents and for students. Now, our next question, how do public virtual schools students socialize? Well, contrary to belief, 
Public virtual schools offer many opportunities for students, parents, and teachers to come together offline to build friendships and lasting relationships within the school community. So by offline, we're talking about not just through the computer or through video cameras, but literally shutting down the devices and face-to-face. Teachers conduct monthly outings, social and academic for students and their families, and students are involved in a variety of extracurricular activities. School-sponsored activities and events might include teachers' workshops, parent workshops, community service projects, clubs, field trips, school academic events like spelling bees, science fair, or visiting historical sites. Now, here's a big question some people may ask. How are public virtual schools funded? There's a significant cost to operating high-quality public virtual schools. On average, public virtual schools receive approximately 30% less funding than traditional schools. Unlike traditional public schools, most public virtual schools do not receive local property taxes. The majority of costs in a high-quality public virtual school go directly to student instructions. Teachers are often the highest expense category. Unlike traditional schools, public virtual schools do not have high facility costs. However, the technology and curriculum costs in quality public schools are much higher than the traditional schools. So that tells me there's a trade-off. You may not have to pay for a building and facilities and school bus, but if you want high quality, you're going to pay for it in technology and curriculum. Curriculum costs can vary depending on the quality, depth, rigor, and technological sophistication of the learning program used by the public schools. And then they end by just saying that not all virtual schools are created equal, so you've got to do your research to make sure the quality of the education, the type of correspondence, and what other supplemental course activities that the school offers if you're researching one. A number of studies have examined the significant costs associated with operating full-time public virtual schools. A 2006 report on behalf of the Bell South Foundation titled Cost and Funding in Virtual School concluded that the operating costs of online programs are about the same as the operating costs of a regular brick-and-mortar school. The funding and money is just going toward and focused on different things. Okay. So, and the, there's a, much more on this article, um, in, including about the academics and the accountability, making sure that the focus is on high quality, even helping students uh, that may be challenged in areas, how to help them in that area. So, please visit k12.com for facts about virtual public schools. Also, I found some other good articles. Definitely would suggest. And the thing is, is even cross-check. Public virtual schools have been in other countries for much longer than they have been in the U.S. So they have been uh, used everywhere from Australia. Uh, they call their school of the air or school of isolated and distant education in Canada, they have virtual public schools. British Columbia as well. They call them online schools or virtual schools. Ontario also has independent learning centers. And as well as the UK, 
and now even the United States. So um, the UK refers to there as the online secondary schools. So do some research. If your student is struggling with the traditional brick and mortar, you know, parents choose alternative educations for a variety of reasons, whether a student is getting bullied or they're just, it's just taking a hit on their self-esteem. We've got to think outside the box. This is truly how you make sure no child gets left behind. Instead of trying to force them into a system that may not have been meant for them, find the one that's right for them. So, that is more of our problem-solving and creative thinking here on our SIP episodes. Thanks for joining us and continue to stop back in as we take one letter at a time. Bye for now.